0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There are some days and some moments that are hard to put in perspective. Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. It's going to go down as one of the more reflective and surreal moments that I've ever had in my life. Um, You know, personally, the bearing of my parents, emotional, um, beyond anything I can imagine. There are other moments. My life has been one in football at a very young age. And as I'm getting older, and like most of us that get older, we become more reflective and appreciative of the people that we've met, that we've been associated with, that has helped us along the way. Maybe someone hopeful that we've helped along the way. But as we get older, you become more reflective and you realize that nothing is forever. We know that. We all know nothing is forever. We all know that life ends. And... But when it happens, when something happens, we lose someone, it rocks us, even though we anticipated. This is certainly not the case on Wednesday. When we you know, lost a couple of iconic coaches, they're still with us. They're still healthy and Maybe in some cases, their career's not complete. But the end of an era, eras took place in a very strange, for me, scenario within, I would say, a 12 to 16-hour period. So those of you who may not know, I grew up in South Louisiana, going to LSU games with my parents. Football very early became a big part of my life. I got into coaching as a young coach at LSU, worked my way from LSU, decided with an opportunity to get in the NFL, joined the Cleveland Browns staff with Bill Belichick, Nick Saban and many others. Those are the two topics of the day. And so my background with them, starting at that time up until today, has been long. And yesterday was a reflection of how long and how time has just flown by. Yesterday, January 10th, 2024 was 44 years to the day that former North Carolina State coach, and now current head coach at LSU at that time, Bo Ryan, died tragically in a plane crash. Was a protege of Woody Hayes. 34 years old, going to be the next great coach. And I thought about Bo yesterday because he never had a chance to succeed. With, we'll never know what type of a career and what he could have done. But, boy, was he a brilliant coach. But tying it into the people, the players that were involved, the coaching players, that is, that were involved yesterday, 44 years ago, when Bo left to go to LSU from North Carolina State, the guy that replaced Bo Ryan was Monty Kiffin. you probably heard of Monty Kiffin. Yeah, it's Lane Kiffin's dad, for those of you who are young. He was a great defensive coordinator in the Buck's teams. Monty Kiffin hired as his defensive coordinator. at NC State, the Ohio State secondary coach, Pete Carroll. And the guy that replaced Pete Carroll as a secondary coach at Ohio State for Earl Bruce is Nick Saban. And yet, within a 16-hour period, Carroll parted ways with Seattle. Nick Saban retires from Alabama. And now Bill Belichick has parted ways with the New England Patriots. So it's become very reflective. It does not, the times in the days, in the weeks, in the months, and now the years, just to kind of, flow together. You you ever notice that when you get older? Those of you that are younger, you haven't hit that yet. But I reflect and remember things yesterday and today. Something said in a meeting and I think about it. I said, my God, that was 42 years ago. I mean, it seems like it's yesterday. And I think that being very reflective, I, I thought about all of that yesterday. I thought about the great career that Bill Belichick has had and the great career that Nick Saban has had and how they, while kind of joined at the hip in some regards, went their own directions, and then the great career that Pete Carroll had. Pete Carroll was a great coach, uh, young coach, at Arkansas. Lou Holtz, that's where he and Monty Kiffin kind of got together. And that's where a lot of the Tampa 2 defense, the, gener- the derivatives of that started to take place. But Pete Carroll, his big mentor was Bud Grant, who was one of my idols growing up, in the great Minnesota Vikings coach. And, Pete was the coach there. And Bill Belichick, how Bill Belichick, way back in the day, almost became a coach on the staff of Bud Grant. Well, actually, Bud Grant had retired and Les had taken over. And it was Bill Belichick, young coach with the Giants. Bill Parcells was struggling early. And he almost took the job with one of my other good friends who since passed away. Floyd Reese was on the staff coaching linebackers and Bill Belichick was the coach of secondary, but he decided to stay with the giants and Bill Parcells. And that led to, well, a beginning of a turnaround and eventually a world championship and at the giants, and then leading to Bill's opportunity in Cleveland and then bringing a guy that he had met <clears throat> through his dad, Steve Belichick, who was the coach at Navy, and there was a young coach on the Navy staff by the name of Nick Saban. And Steve Belichick decided these these two guys would be good to get to know one another and invited Nick over to lunch when Bill was visiting his parents uh, one offseason and then they began to look at film and study film and develop a friendship and a connection through years and years and years. It was Bill Belichick who once as a young coach on the Detroit Lions for Rick Frazano, Bill Belichick's first coaching job. There was um, another coach in that staff by the name of Jerry Glanville that Bill became close with. And it was Bill that recommended Nick Saban to Jerry Glanville when Jerry Glanville was a coach of the Houston Oilers. It got Nick his first opportunity in the NFL, began to learn the NFL. He then, of course, moved on and became the head coach of Toledo briefly for a year. And so this is more about you know, the careers that they've had. Think about this. <clears throat> Pete Carroll, you could Stop the presses with the news story that Pete Carroll was no longer the coach of the Seahawks. After being one of the, <coughs> <coughs> pardon me, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, Pete Carroll, national championships in college, and winning the Super Bowl in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> that's a short roll call to do it on both levels. Pete, it was, again, a type of news cycle where just Pete Carroll could have had his own week of celebratory plaudits of his career. Who had, in most recent times, the most successful run in college football before Nick Saving got to Alabama? Pete Carroll at USC and yes, there were problems in running a follow the NCAA. That's almost reminiscent of what Jim Harbaugh has gone through now in Michigan, not the same issues, but recruiting issues. And Pete goes on to the NFL with the Seahawks and what he's done is been phenomenal and very high achieving, very consistently good, high energy, great coach, great career. And I think about how he left Ohio State. And by the way, Nick Saban got took the job at Ohio State as a secondary coach and coach. And you may not know this. This is maybe a trivia question. This is the one job in coaching that Nick Saban was actually fired from. He was a secondary coach for Earl Bruce at Ohio State things didn't go particularly well. Um, they lost a bowl game to Navy by a wide margin. And he basically, um, as he put it to me, is when he first learned that the head coach is the head coach for a reason. And it was to his words, He made some statements in a staff meeting about what they weren't doing right or this or that and how it played, how. When he thought he was a young guy who had all the answers, it ultimately led to the regression or being part of the regression of a defense that got him fired. And it was then a learning experience. And I think then, nick saban often refers in recent times about not wasting a failure he didn't waste a failure he didn't have success there think about bill belichick and losing his job with the cleveland browns basically having done a phenomenal job building an old roster into a good one transitioning into for the beginning of free agency only to have the unusual and look i've been a part of two of them The Cleveland Browns moving to Baltimore, and the Houston Oilers moving to Nashville, becoming the Tennessee Titans. I know what a complete, colossal distraction that is. And Bill, without his owner's help, Art Modell, that season collapsed. And what could have been a really good year and potentially championship-caliber year, they were favorites that year. Not that that means anything, but they were one of the better teams. Wanting a new start. Bill was let go and as you know, set out, went to New York with the Jets and Parcells and went to was with New England, excuse me, with Parcells and then the Jets with Parcells and then back to New England as the head coach. Twenty-four years ago? It can't be, except it is. It doesn't seem that long ago. A lot of things have taken place since then. So very reflective day, Nick Saban. I remember Nick Saban in Cleveland when we were together and his name had come up for jobs and potentially Ohio State when John Cooper was constantly on the hot seat there. Uh, He tried to get him a real opportunity at LSU, only to have that rebuffed by the powers that be at LSU when they decided to go and hire, well, Pat Sullivan, the head coach at TCU, only to have that fall apart and then turn around a couple of days later and hire Jerry Donardo. Then the next time out, as Jerry Donardo gets fired, trying to convince my friend Nick Saban to consider the LSU job that they didn't want to consider him before and asking me the tough questions about well, why is that job so good why does that job have the potential that you say when all the coaches keep getting fired what makes it so good in explaining to him being from the state how many great players from the state of Louisiana are in the NFL per capita more players in the nfl are from the state of louisiana than anywhere else per capita. but a lot of them were going out of state and there were reasons lsu was not a rich state we're not a a heavy uh handed booster faction and how was you going to galvanize that how if you could keep the players in that state You could win there, and you could win there big. And there was no other school in the state that was a big boy. Alabama had Auburn. You know, Texas is Texas A&M. And, you know, you, you, you just go down the line.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Louisiana had LSU, and that's it. And trying to get him to take a look at it. Eventually, of course, he he decided to take it and became the highest-paid coach in the country at that time, at 1.2 million a year, and he built that program with the eye that he was, idea that he was likely going to end back in the NFL at some day and then heading to the Dolphins. And you've heard this story by now. The guy that did the surgery on Drew Brees said that Drew Brees would never be able to throw the football the same way again. Don't do it. And the team doctors at the Dolphins said, no way. Drew Brees is at Miami? Nick Saban may not leave. You never know. It's a lesson for all of us in that when opportunity comes, you better be prepared for it. It's too late to prepare when it happens. It's too late to adjust when it happens. You better be prepared. Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. I can remember when he was being wooed by Alabama. We talked. I was doing some work for him at Miami. He said, I- "I'm not. I'm not going to go there." It. It's. He was committed to Wayne Heisinger. There are three people that the Alabama fans need to be thankful for that Nick Saban went there. The first was Mal Moore, the athletic director, who steadfastly continued to fight to get him there. And when he was not getting any, making any progress with Nick Saban, he began to recruit and sell Terry Saban. Terry Saban was not all that happy being the head coach of an, and the head coach's wife of an NFL team. She loved being Miss Louisiana, First Lady of Louisiana, First Lady of Alabama, which she soon became. Terry Saban wanted Nick to go to take the Alabama job. When he agreed verbally to take the job to Moore. it was a day later, maybe two, when driving to the office, He called Terry and said, "I'm not. I'm. I can't leave." He didn't want to leave Wayne Hyzenga. Terry Saban, who had developed a close relationship with Wayne Hyzenga and his family, began to kind of work the angle with Wayne Hyzenga that this is the best thing for Nick. And it was Wayne Hyzenga who said, "Nick, it's okay." I'll be okay and go. Nick was so loyal to what Wayne Huizenga had done. He had given him an open checkbook, complete control of the organization, control of personnel. He could hire his own general manager. He could hire two position coaches. A head position coach and an assistant position coach for every position. He could do things that were cutting edge from an organization on a football administrative perspective, and Wayne Huizenga was going to fund it. And he gave him all of that, and he wasn't about to walk away. And he was not going to walk away until Wayne said, it's okay. So thank Mel Moore, thank Terry Saban, thank Wayne Huizenga. But I think it's the one that's most is Terry Sabin because she's the wife, and the one guy that could tell Nick Saban you, this is where you need to be, and this is what you need to do, and he'll listen. It's fascinating how things have worked over time. From Bill Belichick starting out as a young staffer with the Baltimore Colts under Ted Marchabroda for $25 a week, driving his bike to work, to becoming the greatest pro football coach of all time, to Nick Saban, A guy that got turned down by his alma mater, Kent State, when he wanted his dream job was to be a head coach in the Mac, once he got into coaching, that is, because he didn't want to become a coach. It was Don James, his head coach at Kent that convinced him to get into coaching. He decided to take an offer to be a graduate assistant because his girlfriend Terry was still going to school and he thought well I'll just do this for a year and then it got into his blood and there we go off and running and developed to the point where he wanted to get a job the head job at his alma mater Kent State and was turned down as you know he as I mentioned earlier he got the head job at Toledo eventually and the rest as they say is history so I think it's ironic that things come full circle. And I just think it's incredibly ironic that just saw such 40, short term as 44 years ago. So many things have happened. And then in the midst of all of that, reminiscing about people that meant a lot to me that I have a lot of respect for in relationships with Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, and Bill Belichick. We celebrate them, and then I think of what could have been with Bo Ryan. We'll never know. And so when we think about anybody that's in our life, you know, we can be sad that it ends, but let's smile and be happy that we had them. If it's the end for all three of these coaches, what a run it's been. If there's more to come, that's great, too. But let's also, as we often do at certain times, and maybe not enough, let's remember those that were on that path, that for one reason or another couldn't stay on it. In the case of Bull Ryan, who, again, might have been one of the greats and at 34, getting a chance to to do it at a stage at a place like LSU, he did a phenomenal job at North Carolina State, winning a couple of ACC titles. Very impressive. It was an emotional day seeing it. Not emotional for you know where they're done, or I, can't. I I I'm I'm celebratory for them that they've moved to this point that there's some clarity about their future and where they want to go, but it's become very humbling and melancholy for me to think about all the things that have passed. I mean, I can remember the meetings sitting in that staff room where directly to my right at the head of the table was Bill Belichick and right across from me was Nick Saban and how lucky I have been. And I was some kid from South Louisiana, with football being my life in many ways, getting shaped by these two folks that were as innovative as can be Pete Carroll with Monty Kiffin in a defensive mindset of developing a cover two in a Tampa two defense that has been a staple for a long time too. Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Back in the 90s, when the passing game became so difficult to defend against the John Elways and the Dan Marinos and the likes of Jim Kellys of the world, we can't defend these guys playing zone, and we don't have enough guys to cover in man to play pattern match and to form a defense that was creative. Things that are being done now and being talked about as if it's something new. It's not new. Football is a game of evolution. The creativity comes from borrowing what from other people have done and have been successful. It is a lot like, I think, what cooking must be like. You know, you try things, you add a little of this, you add a little of that, not quite as good. You try something else the next time until you get it just right these are three guys that managed to get some just tasting just right it was a a big day what is up next for these don't know people have asked me why did it come to an end well age is one factor bill belichick Bill Belichick is still a great coach. Bill Belichick, for those who say, "Well, he had Tom Brady," he didn't have Tom Brady. He drafted Tom Brady late, and he developed him into the quarterback that he is. It became Tom Brady doesn't become Tom Brady without Bill Belichick. Tom Brady was taken into the individual meeting once a week with Bill Belichick to explain to Tom Brady what a defense was doing and why they were doing it that's how tom brady became great because he was a great student a great teacher has to have a great student for to have the perfect marriage and yes tom brady went on to have success and win a super bowl without him in tampa and that's wonderful that's after he was trained and groomed by bill belichick he tried to do the same thing with Mac Jones. Mac Jones is not the same player. He's not the same guy. Who is Tom Brady? And they have not drafted as well. They've not been as consistent. The defense is great, but the offenses miss something. And the personnel decisions have missed. It is difficult in the NFL. Step into the world of power
3: .com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: Because you're the better you are, the you're picking last. And you're gonna lose your players in the salary cap era. Now, what he did is unparalleled and will never be touched again. But that's how it faltered for him. For Nick Saban, he hasn't faltered. Well, Nick Saban is in a different situation. No, he's done it with different quarterbacks. I heard people say, that. well, of course you do. It's college. You don't need to have the dominant quarterback. You could go and get the next one because if you've got the resources, which no one has more resources than Alabama, you can get all the top first-round picks in recruiting you have the advantage of getting. Whereas in the NFL, you have to go to the back of the line and wait to see who's available. That's how it works. So to compare them, I don't go there. They are both were the best at what they did in the college and pro games, respectively. And it's a different job. And it's more impressive than what Don Shula or Vince Lombardi or George Halas did, because he did it in a salary cap era. He did it in a free agency era where you lost guys. It's also remember some of the older guys like Lombardi. Yeah, they picked last, but the league was so small. You had the 13th, 14th pick in the draft. You were picking the, the the the. You had had basically the 15th player in the draft was was your first-round pick. It's a different world. In college, Bear Bryant, they had unlimited scholarships for most of his career. They can go and just sign anybody they wanted and figure out who can play later. In this era, Nick Saban had to identify how to better evaluate players and better adjust to who you're going to offer. And so that you minimize the mistakes that you make. It was much tougher, much tougher in his era than it was in the old days. So no doubt that they're the two best. Why did Nick ultimately move on now? I can tell you. It's not the fact that the NIL and the players are making money. It's the fact that, Nick Saban was always on message, and the players always heeded his message. Today's world, the players are getting messages from a whole slew of people, a whole group of people, and they don't listen as much. And so it is affecting his ability to communicate and i think at this age it's becoming taxing and tiring and i do know that this year the one thing that was different for nick than in any other time was that he was more tired at the end of this year than he ever has been before and i think the fact that it's become more difficult to communicate and get them to listen to your message and to stay on message I think that's where he felt it wasn't about for him. I mean, he's passed Bear Bryant in terms of total championships. He's tied Bear Bryant, but it's not what it's about for him. It was about doing the best that he can and to do it when he felt he couldn't give everything to it, then it was time to step away. And I think that he clearly felt like, He couldn't give everything that he's been in. He's not someone that's going to come and say, look, I'm going to delegate more of this, do that. I'm not going to do that. That's not how he does it. Now, Bill Belichick is also process-oriented. I can tell you that Bill Belichick does want to pass Don Shula in overall wins. He has already surpassed everybody in Super Bowl titles. Now, he would love to win another Super Bowl title and tie Paul Brown for the most pro football championships. He'd love that. That's the coach that he admired the most in pro football, Paul Brown. That's the guy he looked I mean, his dad, of course. But in terms of looking up to guys, it wasn't Parcells, who he admired and respected and appreciated. The brightest, most brilliant football mind we've had in multiple eras, including this one, and in the past is Paul Brown. But they're both on different journeys, and in one case, one is done. One case may not be done. But what a wow 12, 16, 24 hours it's been in the coaching world. I don't – I'll end with this. Don't take for granted – Anything in your life, the loved ones in your life, family, friends. If you're a football fan, whether you like or hate Alabama, like or hate the Patriots, whatever.
0: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring.
3: Hello.
2: Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: You're missing the boat if you don't appreciate what you're seeing and living through. Imagine if I told the story about How Vince Lombardi and Bear Bryant both retired, you know, within 24 hours with one another, or both, you know, left their job. You would think about, man, what would it have been like to see that? What would it have been like to watch Babe Ruth hit home runs, gargantuan home runs? We only think about that. We have seen a great Michael Jordan. We have seen a great John Wooden's career, some of us have. For those of you that have been fortunate enough to see Bill Belichick and Nick Saban operate for the past 20, 25 years, you're not going to see anything quite like that. You'll see others that will come up, and you'll see others that will have great careers. But to think that somebody is going to be in a position in this day and age to match it, it's unrealistic. The game has changed to the point where the singular dominance is going to be tougher and tougher, and the patience and the stick to is not going to be there because the money is so great, some folks are going to say, look, I'm taking my money and I'm riding into the sunset. I'm not coaching until I'm 70, 72. I just think these guys coached in an era where they didn't make a lot of money most of us that started in coaching don't make much money but for most of their career they didn't make the big money until the last 20-25 years whereas today if you're a head coach in college or the nfl and you're a young upstart you're getting paid more money you're getting paid the same type of money that those guys are getting right now and that is going to lead to I don't know if it's complacency or just the unwillingness to do it for the long haul. So appreciate what you've seen because someday you will be telling your grandkids who are only reading and hearing about or watching videos, God knows where we're going to go technologically, about the great Nick Saban and the great Bill Belichick. Tell me, Grandpa, about them, and you'll be able to tell them how you felt and how you believe. Appreciate your time and patience on this. Uh, It's one of the more interesting podcasts I've been able to do because um, of my connection with these guys and um, what a, what a 24 hours it's been a reminder, check out landryfootball.com If you want to hear great stories, if you want to hear great things associated with football, analyzing the great games of college football, NFL. we got you covered at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of our holiday savings special that we've got on board for you. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Certainly, check us out. We'll be breaking down all the NFL playoff games, uh, wildcard rounds, Check that out at LandryFootball.com and again, over at Landry, uh, the Landry Football Podcast Network. Thanks for joining me. Have a great one.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasinocom No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.